0: listening to the sandstone cycles podcast today we interview outdoor recreation coordinator for the city of farmington new mexico evan pilling we hope you guys enjoy this episode as we talk about all the exciting things that are happening in the outdoor recreational world around farmington new mexico remember if you guys have any questions you can reach out at sandstonecycles@gmail.com. at gmail.com ready to send it well, welcome to today's show. My name is Jeremiah Hollis and I'm joined by our co-host Chris Martinez. On today's show, our guest is Eben Peeling. Eben, tell us about yourself.
1: Uh, well, I'm the new Outdoor Recreation Coordinator for the City of Farmington, and I guess I, guess I say new, but I, I moved up here in March, um, so I start started in, in mid March. Um, and for those who are familiar with the Outdoor Recreation Industry Initiative, uh, I'm the next phase of that. Um, and for those for those who aren't familiar, we call it Ori um, Outdoor Recreation Industry Initiative. But um, so obviously, Farmington and the surrounding areas were oil and gas country, and we're pretty singularly dependent economically on the the income and revenue revenue that comes from oil and gas. And you know, while that's important, um, inevitably you have a boom bust cycle and some some instability that comes from being you know dependent on, on oil and gas and really any one economic driver. Uh, and so, in 2018, the uh, city of Farmington recognized that they wanted to diversify their economy, and they passed the the outdoor recreation industry initiative, and that is, uh, I believe, funded by a quarter percent CTED sales tax increase, which funds a lot of different economic development stuff. Yep, that's cool. Um, but so, you know, part of that was to to fund Ori, and phase one of that was Warren Unsicker, who is the the city's economic development guy, um, and he tends to focus more on the you know, regional higher level economic development projects. Um, He was also the man behind the the downtown remodel and stuff like that. Um, But then I am phase two of Ori. And whereas Warren is the economic development side of things, I'm more of the um, outdoor recreation related programs and infrastructure side of things. Um, And so brand new position. So it's it's really cool being able to start off with a blank slate. at this point, primarily what I've been doing is just getting to know the community, getting to know the area, um, almost doing a strengths and needs assessment to see, you know, what what do we have that we can capitalize on? What do we need to develop more of? Um, and kind of the, the strategy that I've been developing is a two-pronged approach, first and foremost, looking at, you know, how to develop outdoor recreation amenities and opportunities for the people who live here so really focusing on quality of life for our community Um, but then also when you look at it from an economic development perspective how can we develop ourselves as an outdoor recreation destination so that people come here and spend money and invest in our local economy Um, because we do you know we're we're amazingly situated in the four corners area we have a huge diversity of of you know, landscape, we've got rivers, we've got trails, we've got pinion juniper mesas, Um, you know, we have a lot of potential here. It just is not fully realized yet. Um, And so, you know, across user groups, I've been trying to look at, you know, well, number one, engage with, you know, with with the members and the leadership of those user groups, but also just kind of look at what can be done to enhance, you know, mountain biking opportunities, general cycling opportunities, paddling opportunities, off-roading opportunities, you know, anything that falls within our outdoor recreation umbrella.
0: Yeah. And so, and, and on that, yeah. Cause I mean, I was going to ask, like, you're not just the, the Farmington mountain bike guy. No. Tell us a little bit about your background then. Um, you know, what were you doing before this and where'd you come from?
1: Yeah. Uh, so I moved up here from Tucson. I lived in Tucson, Arizona for 14 years. I want to say, um, and for the last seven years, I worked as a um, as a trails professional. Essentially, um, I was the uh, executive director of a small mountain biking nonprofit, um, and then uh, pretty much COVID resulted in me shifting away from that because you know COVID was rough for a lot of nonprofits. And yeah. I saw the writing on the wall and suggested that they terminate my contract. And from there, I. Essentially, went freelance. I mean, I, I worked for different entities, but uh, I worked as a professional trail designer and trail builder. So I awesome, worked for a company called Flagline Trails, and we did everything from you know major reroutes on the Arizona National Scenic Trail to we built uh, three bike parks in the um, Cottonwood and Flagstaff area in Arizona. Um, I worked with a I worked with American Conservation Experience on behalf of the Coronado National Forest spent two years reopening backcountry trails in, on Mount Graham outside of Safford, Arizona. Um, I was also a major contributor to the Santa Catalina's trails plan in Tucson. Um, and then I also worked as a trail specialist for Pima County NRPR. So I, I was the, I helped, I helped oversee about 400 miles of trail in the Tucson area wow. and did a lot of volunteer coordination, a lot of construction, um, just taking trail, taking care of trails in the yep, you know, yep. Sonoran desert. Yeah. Um, but uh, so, you know, I, I, bring, I bring that background to what I do now. Um, you know, outdoor recreation isn't exclusively focused on trails, but they're a major driver of it. Um, you know, I personally am a mountain biker. I've been mountain biking for 20 years. I also have a dual sport moto that I'm a very mediocre rider of. <laughs> um, but uh, so, you know, my, my, primary, my primary recreation method is mountain biking. But again, I think that, you know, it, we need to have that broad umbrella and we, yeah. you know, we need to embrace all of the different user groups. Um, and so, yeah.
0: Well, we have, we have the river right right here in town. I mean, I know people who raft down the river, who paddleboard mm-hmm. down the river, kayak. I mean, you know, the river is a very multi-purpose um, destination itself. And then trails, it's like, you know, Chris and I talked about it last week. It's not just um, mountain bikers who are on the trails. Like people go out there hiking. People go out there walking their dogs. Like mm-hmm. um, trails themselves that are so multiple um, use. So, I mean, yeah, like, like you said, it's like, you know, it's not just mountain biking there's so much more out of all those trails i'm just curious that you've helped build and like you know designed Mm -hmm. do you have a favorite like that you just like man that's that's like the best trail i i was a part of
1: uh so it's funny as i think my absolute favorite isn't one that i built it was the the trails on mount graham outside of safford um so it Southern Southern Arizona is often called the Skylands area, and so you you know people think of it as just as low low desert, but you have the Sonoran Desert all the way up into 11000 11, yeah, wow. foot peaks. Yep. Um, and so I personally like big big gnarly backcountry rides. Yeah. Um, and yep. so you know that's that was my go to because you had these just you know. Giant, there's huge potential for, for huge all-mountain gravity rides. You know, every ride out there has three to 4,000 feet of descent. Yep. Um, I was trying to link up a, an aspirational route that was 17 miles and 9,000 feet of descent Nice. Um, so, uh, but be but, you fun. Know, but also, you know, I think such a big part of that for me too was looking at you have this amazing amenity right right outside of a very small town that really needs that economic impact. And so yep. there's, you know, developing the amazing trails, and there's also it always having a tie-in back to whatever the nearest communities are, and how can we benefit that? Yep. Um, and that's re- that's really why I'm so excited to be here. Is you know, yeah, it's cool to build rad stuff, but also there is so much potential to. You know, to support Farmington and continuing to become a more diverse economic place. And, uh, you know, all of the good things that come in when you look at outdoor recreation destinations. That's exciting.
2: Uh, Yeah, I was going to ask is there any goals, like low hanging fruit that you guys have come across? Any, like, things that you guys can do in the short term? Or what's like a time, like, do you guys have a plan of, like, maybe things that you want to do in the short term or in the long term? Like, are there any things you guys could just, like, start working on right now? Is, like, do you guys have any, any
1: plans as far as trails? Uh, well, I, I I have lots of plans. I always I always have lots <laughs> of plans and lots of ideas. Um, so some of the – so I, I guess in the short term, one of the things that I'm, I'm primarily focusing on is developing relationships with the BLM so that we can get more trail maintenance happening in the area. Um, you know, we, we have some good partner organizations here. We have Fast, um, who primarily focuses on the San Juan Trails, and then we have uh, or um, San Juan College Trails, and then we have San Juan Trails, who I gather yep. primarily focuses on on BLM. But anytime you have small small volunteer driven driven groups. Capacity is always a challenge, you know. Mm-hmm. You get it's like you guys, you have day jobs and and other things, and then there's only so much volunteer hours that you have to give on top of that. Um, and so I've been working to develop a relationship with the BLM so that I can pretty much spearhead the trail maintenance effort on on all of our non motorized trails in the area, especially the ones that are immediately adjacent to Farmington. Um, you know, and, and then I think that there's an opportunity to expand that volunteer machine out to focus on other you know the riverfront trails in in Farmington mm-hmm. and even the nature center and i think that you know there's we have such a huge untapped volunteer resource here in our community and people want to get involved, but it's not reasonable to expect them just to show up and do all the back end coordination on their own. And so, you know, I have the time to do all that planning and implementation and then I just create opportunities for people to come up. And so that's, you know, that that's kind of the first low hanging fruit. We did our first national trails day event in in early June and uh, had, you know, eight folks come out to do brushing on the road, Apple rally course. And uh, you know, want to get more of that going. I'm already looking at grant funding to get more, more tools, Available because that's one of the things I'm realizing is we just don't have a lot of the tools that we need to do trail maintenance Um, My vision there is actually to hopefully get funding for a, a stocked tool trailer that can be used you know, community wide, so I can yeah. use it for my volunteer events, but also if Fast wants to do an event, and they need tools, or you know, the San Juan guy, trails guys want to do something, but you know, have that resource that's available, almost like a tool checkout program, so that anyone in the community who's doing stewardship activities on public land can utilize those tools. So you need more machetes. That's what you're saying. Pretty much, yeah, yeah. All, all, just, all the machetes. machetes. Well, or you know, McLeod's, Pulaski's. Okay, <laughs> that's
0: all you guys use. Aren't yeah, you?
1: yeah, no, we, we just hack things at uh, machetes. No, uh, but but you know, I, I think that you know that you need those basic structural pieces. Yeah. to be able to do stuff and yeah. and those resources don't exist yet and so I think that's that you know that that's really a starting point um, you know I think one of the other things that I'm I've, I'm focusing on is uh, the Road Apple rally mountain bike race you know we have the longest continuously run mountain bike race in the country here yeah. I think we're on year 41 42 something yeah, like that um, you know which which is really cool and it's it's seen its ebbs and flows um, and I think it's it's a good opportunity to to bring some some you know some fresh ideas into it um and so one of the first things that we're going to be doing is uh we're going to start the friday night downtown bike party um so you know previously the friday night festivities were up at lion's wilderness park we're moving everything downtown um we're going to have a bike and gear swap we're going to have a beer garden down there um we're going to have the downtown we're going to have a crit around the civic center and then we're also going to have a junk bike and cruiser crit around the civic center um you know so i just Again, anything that we do should benefit our local community and our local businesses. Yeah, and so I sure think that if we can if we can have that that element downtown, then we're highlighting our downtown. We're supporting those businesses. Just having a big fun event downtown. Um, and then, uh, you know, the Road Apple Rally, we're just going to have a big, fat, fun bike race. Uh, and then if all goes as planned, Saturday night, we're going to have a, a bike movie at the TOTA as well. So trying to build that out into a weekend of events yeah, so that people that's don't cool. just come and do the race, but they come hang out for the weekend.
0: Yep. Have Perfect. you have you personally ever raced the Road Apple Rally? I have not. Okay,
1: I have not. No, I've been here for exactly three months. So, <laughs> oh, I just I yeah. wondering.
0: I mean, you know, like yeah. p- people do travel for it. Um, oh yeah, we've we've had a lot of people yeah. travel into town before.
1: No, I, ironic. So I've I've done a good amount of racing. Ironically, I realized a long time ago that I have a lot more fun supporting races than I do racing. Fair enough. Um, so you know, I, <laughs> I ran the Beer Garden at the 24 Hours in the Old Pueblo for eight years. <laughs> nice. Year. Um, you know, I I I yeah I I I rolled out a mountain bike race um, called the Mackenzie frenzy in tucson that was on a, a cross-country trail system that we built so i've i've been adjacent to a lot of races but i have a, I have a lot more fun doing the back end stuff than being out on the course I or if i am on the course it's at an aid station yeah yeah that's so cool man
2: i want you can talk on this because you're kind of new but I, I always like for people to understand like how lucky we are to have uh, kind of the leadership uh that we have in the area and, and i think it's you're you're obviously a key component coming in here but what are you like i I think we have some of the best bureau like b. l m. managers like we could ask for. How, how what's your impressions on meeting them and how – because I think it's just the coolest thing. I think we're so lucky to have them in the positions
1: they're in. Yeah, those guys. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> no, I – was name drop. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've yeah. had a lot of fun Not, not with them. That, Yeah, not that it's Doug and Jake, but, <laughs> no, I've, 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 I've worked with with a really wide variety of land managers uh-huh. from BLM to National Forest to, you know, city and county. Um, and what I can say is that uh, – Doug and Jake with the b l m are really, really good partners to work with um, you know they 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 have a vision they are incredibly excited to do stuff. Uh, you know I think that when you're looking at federal- bureaucracies is often when in doubt they do nothing, and I think that these guys are are focused in the opposite direction, yeah. um, you know, and I think it's whenever you're looking at, especially federal land management agencies, you gotta be realistic about the resources that we have. And we're talking about two guys who oversee 1.8 million acres of land, um, yeah. you know, their their, terri- their territory extends all the way up to the Colorado state line and all the way down to Gallup. Wow, And so that's huge. when people get annoyed about why they're not do- doing something or not doing something, it's like, well, you try managing an area that's somewhere between the size of Rhode Island and Delaware yeah. with two of you. um. Crazy. You know, and then there's also all of the inherent limitations just within, you know, it's federal lands. And so while we as an individual user might want something to happen specifically for our benefit, we need to understand that these are, there are much larger processes at work mm-hmm. um, with, with big implications if things aren't done right. And so, you know, pretty much anytime yep. you want to do something on federal lands, add five years to however long you think it's going to take. And, you yeah. know, it's not a game for the impatient, um, but D- yeah, Doug and Jake are, are thus far have been really, really good partners to work with. and And I think on my end, you know, I want to try to take some of that workload off of their shoulders. And that's why instead of saying, you know, my approach has always been not why aren't you guys doing stuff, but what can I do to help?
2: And my understanding is it can move pretty quickly if you got the motivated people in place like we got. It's kind of the funding is the, the hangup. But as far as like the, if you can get your own people to do the EA and environmental assessment and all the, the stuff and get that, like, it's not too hard to get things rolling in that direction but it's getting the funding and the assessments and hiring a contractor to to do all that is that kind of
1: yeah yeah i mean it it still takes time yeah i mean you know there's there's funding which is obviously a concern you know i mean especially when you're building trails it's not cheap you know the the average going rate for machine built trail is you know starts at two dollars and seventy five cents a linear foot so i was gonna say multiply that by fifty two hundred feet in a mile would that be like
2: close to eight hundred dollars a day or maybe more, I don't know. I it's
0: Probably not more
1: a day, rate. It's like yeah, you know, like a mile, right? Nearly. Well, yeah, because I mean, I'm just thinking like because yeah. they
2: rent, there's got to be charging for equipment. Well, yeah, like for like for, for example,
1: if I if I if I was out in in our East Glade trails area building trail with a mini excavator. It would be you know me and a mini X and a three to four person hand finishing crew. So operator. Um, yeah, operator, operator, in. machine crew. But you know that linear foot's going to change depending on the terrain you're building yep. in. You know up there I might I might be cutting in 500 feet a day. There are other areas where I might be building 50 feet a day. Yeah. Um, I and see. so yeah, you yeah. Know, so your productivity rate is going to change depending on crew. the cross slope, the soil types, the terrain, the amount of rock. Are you building rock structures? Um, you know, I mean, there was a, there was a spot down in Arizona on the Highline trail where it took me two days just to get the machine into the work site. Wow. Yeah. Um, and I was building temporary rock structures to get it and across. obliterating them behind them. And I threw the track <laughs> six times. And so, you know, the, <laughs> the, the farther out you get, you know, and then, and then, you know, and then you're hauling in 10 gallons of diesel a day. So it's, oh, yeah. you know, it depends. Um, it's crazy, but, uh. But yeah, so you know, and, and and you know, the the building is almost the easy part. It's all of the, it's the you know, it's the planning. And when you're planning it, you want to do it right. Anybody who says, "Oh, I did one pass and it's good," is not yeah. a competent trail designer. Um, you know, I, I I know there's a lot of user built trail around here, and some of it's really good, some of it's not. And right. you know, I think it's really important for us to, you know, if we want to continue to become a mountain bike destination, we need to stop any and all unsanctioned trail building because that does yep. nothing but hamper the development of the good stuff. I love and that, yeah. yep, often sure. what I find is that, you know, like, there's some amazing user-built trail out there, but often user-built trail is based on what's easy as opposed to what's good.
2: Well, the, I think the problem is that he roads like that. Yeah, yeah. And it's then not one, like, its fall line. you're also, you, you never know if you could be interfering with, like, wildlife, mm-hmm. nesting, uh, yeah, cultural elk sites. herds. Like, you never really know that, but... What I've seen is, like, man, if people don't ride those, like, they're they're basically, like, ridden in on, a, on like, a fat bike or yep. a motorcycle or something. Yep. And so there's not really any benching. There's not really any water erosion, uh, bar ditches or anything like that. And so, like, one rainstorm and it just, like, is just gone, mm-hmm. you know? It just yeah. basically destroys that whole trail. And yeah. so that's the importance of actually going out, building them, getting your... Angle for your climbs and stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And figuring out where the water does flow and then uh, doing like the environmental assessments to know if there is uh, eagles or whatever in the area. Yeah. It's like super important. Yeah. And I think people don't that's the one thing people don't realize when they just go and like ride in a trail. Yeah. It's like they just are like uh, like just moseying into yeah. the trees. Yeah. So you know, they're
1: they're they're, they're damaging our, our natural resources, they're compromising user experience by mm-hmm. building a trail that is at best unsustainable yeah. and at worst a disaster. Yeah. And also again, yeah. what I find is they generally miss the good stuff. And then the hang up, yeah, that's that's the big one. You know, cuz and then even if that trail is adopted, we're yeah. we're stuck with a mediocre trail instead yep. of something that's could have been yeah. great. Yeah. Yeah. yeah
2: and that's another big hang up too is i've i've myself and other people have attempted to go like maintain these trails Mm -hmm. but then that's big trouble for us you know what i mean like we're not we you can't be out there working on so now we got this trail that can't be worked on yes unless you want to get a ticket for being out there working or get fined for working on this trail so it's like you just got this thing out there that we can't put signs on Mm -hmm. can't put a parking lot on we can't You know, that's, uh, yeah, the Wild West, I guess. (laughs) I think times are changing, you know. Well, they are. Definitely for the better. Yeah,
1: and I think that's part of our evolution from, you know, a town where there's a lot of potential and kind of some loosely organized communities to, I mean, you know, look look at Moab. You know, look at Moab's evolution of, again, just the Wild West of (laughs) OHVs and motos and mountain biking, mountain bikes and people doing whatever they want to... You know what is now essentially Disneyland for outdoor recreation, yeah, where so anything you want to do, you've got you know best in the region stuff. Um, yeah. You know, and I think that for for us too, from you know from an economic develop, development perspective we can and it should be the gateway community to all things out, outdoor recreation in the four corners region I agree. you know we're the largest metro area for a couple hundred miles in any direction you know as you said we've we've got the rivers we've got you know we, we have all of the things here and we have the amenities that people need if they want to stay in a place for a while
2: yeah absolutely yeah um, yes, um sure. so have you been here before have you ever spent any time in this area?
1: I have been through a few times, but no, I hadn't I hadn't really spent any meaningful time here prior to prior to rolling into town.
2: So, have you have you been able to connect already like your your you're 4-hour drive from Moab, Grand Junction, Telluride Bike Park, Telluride Snowboarding, Purgatory, Navajo Lake, like there's all these super cool things and a really like like you like i just wanted to highlight on what you just said it's mm-hmm. like it is this hub yeah of like really cool stuff plus like the Spanish Trail, all the ruins, Mesa mm-hmm. Verde. Like,
1: there's some really yeah. cool stuff. Our proximity to the Navajo Reservation. I mean, that's. Yeah. I think that that's a huge, you know, untapped resource there, and I know that Grand Canyon is yeah, not far. There's there's a, a big ba- there or there is an increasing amount of activity on the Navajo Res to to yeah. increase outdoor recreation opportunities there. Um, you know, I have to give the Navajo yes folks a shout out because they're they you yeah. know they're developing trails, they're developing mountain bike races. You know, they are. I think they're see, they're seeing how amazing their their yeah. terrain is and what they can do. You know, the, the the Res Duro folks down in Hard Rock. I mean the fact that there's an entirely native led enduro Six. race. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like there's really exciting <laughs> so it's not it's not just us, but it's this whole yeah. it's this whole region that is exploding as an outdoor recreation destination. And yeah. I think that, you know, what we have over for example, you know, Durango and Cortez, et cetera, is that when they're when they're snowed in, we're not. And so right. we we really do have that four seasons out direct opportunity that they don't. And we have our own unique flavor, you know, we're we're the high desert, they're, you know, they're they're not. And so, you know, yeah. I think that we can really capitalize on that as we develop our own identity as as an out-direct destination.
0: Yeah, we're constantly running into people from Durango, like especially during the winter, like, Mm -hmm. you know, the the license plates in the parking lots, it is all Colorado. They're coming down here, checking it out. Um, I I just had a question about um, motorized um, Mm -hmm. vehicles. Like, think, is that included in your job? Like, cause obviously like we have a ton of and nearly every second person in town seems to own an ATV these days, Um, like in motorbikes, quads, like Chris rides quads, like, I mean- Iris still raced dirt bikes, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, it's
2: amazing.
0: Do you have anything to do with that?
1: Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Um, no, I mean, you know, the kind of blanket moto motorized OHV, the 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 community, and it's not just a community. You know, they're not a monolithic community, but those communities, <laughs> those communities are huge here. You know, you've, you've got the cliffhangers and the Chokecherry Canyon group. You have got the Canyon canyons UTV group,
2: um, Aztec motocross. Yeah. Yeah. Aztec yeah.
1: motocross. You know, I, I don't, I don't know that there's an organized, you know, moto, moto group, you know, single track mo, oh, yeah. motorized so. group in town. Um, but no, that, that, that that's huge. And they are also a, a huge economic driver for us. I mean, the, you know, the four corners, four by four a week and the, and the Wee rock, yeah. um, you know, the, the rock crawling world championship is huge. Um, and yeah, so I've, 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 i I've, I've been making contact with those folks. I've been seeing what I can do to help. Um, you know, the, the, the cliffhangers and the chokecherry guys do their, their twice, twice a year cleanup. And so there's some, some support I can do with that. Um, but, uh, you know, I think that that's a matter too of, of, I don't need to interject myself into things that are already working well. And yeah, so, you yeah. know, there, there's no, there of figuring out, you know, what are the unmet needs that I can support without yeah. getting in anyone's way? And yeah. one of the things that I'm realizing is across the board, we're we're really lacking in publicly available information about our outdoor recreation resources. Um, and you know, I mean, I think the mountain bike community is better than most because we have MTV project and trail forks and we have those app based, you know, mapping solutions, but, um, I would like to see a lot more of that, especially with with, with our off roading stuff. And so I'm I'm starting to dig into uh, if you've ever heard of Onyx, you know, on- yeah. Onyx is branching yeah. out into the into the, the off road. Oh thing. really, that's cool. And I, I think I think Onyx has actually bought Adventure Project, because Adventure Project is now pushing you to, to get on Onyx maps. But what's cool about that is that stuff is all populated by users. Yep. And so one of my long term projects is gonna be putting together curated routes that center around downtown Farmington and to a lesser degree downtown Aztec, but kind of put putting together best of OHV routes yep, yep. that show you all the cool stuff that we have. So, hey, I'm in town for six hours and I am my dual sport bike. How do, you know, what's a cool route that I can do there? Maybe there's a tour to San Juan County Arches. Mm-hmm. Um, I also think that a huge underutilized opportunity that we have is, is with the overlanding community. Um, you know, overlanding being the, you know, Souped up Tacomas with rooftop tents and and all that stuff, but you know those those folks want to drive long distances and go camp in remote places. We have thousands of miles of gas line road and really really cool terrain. And so again, if we can if we can put together curated routes so that people have you know so so they know they can get to the good stuff and not just drive around aimlessly. Yeah. You know that that's going to bring more that's going to bring more economic impact to our area. That's that's exciting. Yeah. You know and same thing motor routes. I mean you know they're they're yeah. A lot of opportunity, yeah. I think, as we were talking about back you know back to the you know the mountain bike trails thing, you know we really need to get people across user communities to understand what responsible outdoor use is, and you know mm-hmm. stay on designated routes, stay on routes that are appropriate and approved for your method of tra- of travel because yep you know we have this amazing landscape but it's also really fragile and there are some areas that are quite frankly really thrashed because of irresponsible use mm-hmm. um, and i'm not going to single out anyone use because they any one user group because there are bad actors across the board yep. but you know we we really need we need to shift over to a stewardship mentality of this landscape where we understand that it's a privilege to be recreating on it and we need to take care of it so that we can get more of the good stuff yep. and nice. i think that's that that's going to require it's it's requiring a continuing cultural shift within user groups to understand that you know we all need to be respectful users of whatever amenity we're we're recreating on at that time yeah
0: it sounds like you're you're kind of like the the middleman almost like that you've built building your relationships with people who do motorized sports people who do non-motorized sports and i mean chris and i know living here for quite a while it's like you know, we've we've run into ATVs and and motorbikes out on mountain bike trails, mm-hmm. and you know it's like that kind of awkwardness of like, you know, dude, like you know you're not, maybe supposed to be here kind of thing. Yeah. But then it's like you know designated, but then respecting each other, mm-hmm. respecting um, yeah the land like that we're we're using. Um, I mean, how do you feel about being like that middleman? Is that is that something that you don't you don't mind? Like you you're not kind of thin skinned.
1: Oh no! I enjoy, I enjoyed the hell out of it. Yeah, the hell out of it, I man. I was telling Chris on the way over. So. I've always worked in and around outdoor recreation. You know, like way back in the day, I was a climbing guide and the adventure education director for a YMCA program and stuff like that. But I also had a decade-plus side trip into um, social services. And the, the the last three years of that, I worked as a mediator in the family court system. And so I'm I'm also a trained <laughs> mediator. And so yeah, what you know what I did professionally was yep. bring stakeholders together, help them identify common positives, come to common agreements, etc. And there's a lot of element in that. And mm-hmm. you know it's tough because within a user group, you know you have the don't knows and the don't cares so you know you have the folks who genuinely don't know and those are the folks who you can educate yeah it's one of the yeah. th- one of the things i've um you know i i'm just looking at all sorts of different outreach mechanisms and you know i think a good a good starting point is at their initial point of engagement educating them so you know chris you want a bike shop yes. you know can, can we get you information so that every time somebody buys a new mountain bike you're like hey thanks have a blast and here's all the trail etiquette information about where you can and can't go you yep. just bought an e-bike suite let's educate you about responsible e-bike use Going into a, a UTV dealership, you know the the fun center or whatever, I was talking to, you know talking to some of the staff there about you know hey what what kind of information do you guys provide so that when somebody just bought their their you know forty thousand dollar new toy are you also it, providing them with with responsible use information um, and then one of the other things that I've seen be successful in other areas is is outdoor ambassador programs. Um, in in Tucson, we had a we had a trail ambassador program that we started through SDMB, and that was mountain bikers who we would you know give them a first aid kit, and a little bit of training, and their job was just to be out on the trails and say hi and make sure folks knew how to be responsible users. Uh, Moab has a, a very robust trail user program. I had a great conversation with their OHV ambassador, who you know five days a week goes out to their popular OHV trailheads, and you know. He, the focus is on responsible use, but also he's providing route information. He's just kind of engaging with the public, but there's always that element of, Hey, you know, let me educate you how to be a responsible user. And I think that that's, that is always most effective when it is coming from within that user group. So, you know, it's not like, it's not like a cop sitting there saying, don't, don't, don't. It's, you know, somebody who is already established within that community and understands the unique culture of that community, educating the, themselves, you know, educating that community, but without expecting folks, folks to self police. Because I think there's also, you'd yeah. a, a, be like, you guys need to, you know, tell your people to stop it. And be like, <laughs> I mean, ultimately it's education. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah.
0: I, and, and I think that that's what's going to uh, get people to come back because, you I know, mean, I've reigned to people plenty of times going, um the wrong way on a like um single track trail that's you know designated um route and stuff and mm-hmm. um you know th- there's two options you could be super rude and just be like hey jerk you know get off the trail like and you know go the right way yep or it's like you know hey are you from this area like do do you um you know do you need some help kind of thing mm-hmm. and i and i've ran into people who have literally stopped me before and asked like you know hey is this this a one way or I'm trying to look for this trail and they show me like their mountain bike project app or something like that and you know those ambassadors that sounds exciting like somebody who's literally out there trying to build relationships but also um, yeah like steward everything that we've got well
1: Mm mm-hmm yeah and it, I don't know i I find that people respond much better to being told what they can do than what they can't do and so how you know, having <laughs> I think that as all of us so, you, know, and, you know but the flip yeah. side of that is you have the folks who le- legitimately don't care, and that's unfortunately where you really do need some enforcement and you know our you know most of our public lands around here are b l m and there's unfortunately exactly one law enforcement guy with the b l m patrolling that same one point eight million acres of land and you know that's that's a problem, but that's also in the column of things that we can't really fix, and so let's just focus on what we can fix. Yeah. And again, trust that we will, you know, we will see a magnification of that cultural shift of of a stewardship ethic and and of responsible use. yeah that's awesome. I'm, I'm excited to see like signage, yeah,
2: intersections. Because I yes. think that's a like when you go to Moab and stuff, it's really hard to get lost because mm-hmm. it's like at every intersection, there's a this is that, oh, and there's this paint goes and that stuff way. on the rocks, and there's and paint, mm-hmm. and Yep, I think that's just a huge asset to the trails and what jeremiah was saying is like have a good experience like they're going to come back if they're like didn't have to stop and open their phone or if they went backwards or if they just completely got lost um just straightforward hit their route that's Mm going to take some time but it's going to be great whenever because we're so used to it, we don't. Yeah. We don't know. I know we, we don't get lost. We know where we're at. It's like mm, yeah, but cool. you guys already live here. You already yeah, drank, yeah. You already
1: drank the. cool. So air. we don't see it. You know, yeah. we don't
2: recognize it. But someone who's never been here before, it's got to be a disaster.
1: Like it, just yeah, riding down
2: Kinsey's, and you just see a. There's one goes that way. There's one goes that way. You're oh like, yeah. I don't know. Maybe especially especially when we have
1: these really high density trail systems. <laughs> yeah. Um, But so so there there is a there is a project that is that's in the works that. You know, I'm going to be ta- that I'm going to be taking on to to see through, but. Um, pretty much there's a collaboration between the city the city of Farmington and the BLM to develop very consistent, Trail signage, Um, so you know there there would be notation telling you whose land you're on. So maybe you know there would be the BLM logo and crest on the BLM trails, and then the city of Farmington our logo on on Farmington land. But the the actual the actual maps will be consistent regardless. So stylistically, no matter what trail you're on in the area, you're going to have consistent wayfinding signage. I love that. Um, And so a lot of the I'm I'm actually I'm actually going to be meeting with the city GIS staff uh, in two weeks to continue to continue that project going um and then same thing river reach foundation got uh got funding for uh river map signage as well and that's going to be set up so that it's consistent with signage all the way up into durango so you know signage along the you know the the uh, san juan river from navajo lake down and then the animus river from actually silverton down is going to have stylistically consistent signage all the way down. Well, like on the see banks the of the river, or how's that work? At, at the put in, at the put-ins, takeouts. Oh yeah, yep. Yeah, yep. yeah, um, And then I'm looking at different digital ass, assets for yeah. that as well, because you know there are folks who want to see a sign, and then there are those of us who you know get real nerdy with our smartphones and, and QR codes and all that jazz. Yeah, yeah. 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 Well, and I mean yeah. that's that's a huge you know it's, that I mean. That's a huge opportunity that has that hasn't existed before to yep. have all of these live mapping options. Yep. Same thing with Onyx, yep. you know, where we can have all of those curated routes that people can track yep. in real time as waypoints and all that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you know, even with Road Apple Rally, I've been pulling pulling all the GIS data in yep. and then creating geo-referenced PDFs so that anybody who's on the course will have an avenza friendly PDF on their phone that they can access yep. at any time. that's awesome. Yeah,
0: um, so a couple of projects that come to mind that I've you know heard wind of and mm-hmm. um see if you have any more information is uh we've already kind of touched on before we started recording the Juniper bike park and then uh last year I th- was it last year they had the um San Juan College um uh bike uh, i guess um maybe pump track or something some type of you know professionally built um you know grant was passed mm-hmm. can you speak on either of those or both
1: yeah, so I, I can speak more th- more authoritatively on Juniper Basin Bike Park. Um, so for those who aren't familiar with it, um, if you go on the City of Farmington website, you can see some of the planning documents. You can just Google Juniper Basin Bike Park. Um, it is at I want to say ninety five to hundred percent planned. Um, uh, it's it's you know for those who don't know where it is, it's at the at at the inter- right next to the intersection of Hood Mesa Road and Foothills Boulevard. Mm-hmm. Boulder. Right. Um, and, uh, so it's going to be, a uh, you know, f- comprehensive bike park. Uh, the phase, phase one is going to involve development of the trailhead and, um, some, some very fan family friendly biking amenities. There's going to be a, a bicycle playground for the little kids. There's going to be some family friendly skills, trails, pump tracks, stuff like that. Um, that i want to say maybe mid 2024 it's it, it, you know you really don't want to put out a specific timeline until you yeah. have all the funding funding lined up i want to say that we have close to a million and a half dollars lined up for it um and that's a combination of uh New Mexico Trails Plus grant money land and water conservation fund money. So yeah, there's a, a good, a good chunk of the funding there. Um, phase two is going to involve some gravity trails, which is awesome. Cause I think that that's, you know, we have a lot of cross country trail here. We really don't have much gravity trail here. And mm-hmm. so that's, that's something that's very much needed. And so phase two is going to involve gravity trails. Um, there's also going to be a relatively accessible hand cycle, friendly perimeter trail around the outside that's of cool. it. Um, you know, that the city of Farmington has a, a strong emphasis on, on, you know, accessibility for all of our resources. Um, so yeah, so that's, that, that's, uh, that's Juniper Basin bike park.
0: How, how how big, like, um, are we talking, how many, how many acres?
1: I want to say the site is 80 or 90 acres. That's, that's fairly big. Yeah, it's it's a chunk of land. So it's it's not,
0: you know, it's not just like a jump park with some like, you know, skills features kind of thing. No, no,
1: I'd, I'd have to, I I apologize that in this moment, I can't remember what the mileage of trails is going to be, but it'll, you know, it, it'll be somewhere where you can ride all day if 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 you want to do it. Yep. Um, and then with the uh, San Juan College stuff, um, definitely if you want specifics, reach out to to Fast. That's Farmington area single track because they're the they're the partner who's working with with the college on that. Um, but my understanding is they have uh, funding lined up to uh, do a Velo Solutions designed and constructed asphalt pump track at their, at their bike park. So, um, yeah. So, and that's going to be right around the corner from San, Stan, sandstone cycles. Yeah,
0: and if, um, if, if you've ever seen, like when he says velo solutions, if you've ever seen like probably like Instagram reels and stuff like that, people riding around these most, you know, black asphalt with like red outline kind of pump tracks, people like, you know, doubling and quieting things and just, you know, it's, and you know, some people just rolling through it, like on their skateboard, even like I've seen scooters and bikes. And so that, that's what the velo um, solutions um, pump track is.
1: Yeah, yeah, no. The the kind of kind of the buzz, buzzwords are all wheels, all abilities, and uh, you know the other the other beauty of of asphalt pump tracks is is that they are significantly more expensive to build, but once they're built, they are almost entirely maintenance free. I mean, wow. everything requires maintenance, but yeah, you know yeah. if you think about a dirt pump track, you gotta get out there every week and water it and rake it, and you're constantly rebuilding stuff. Um, you know, asphalt. Once it's in, it's in, and it will ride great for a very long time. Um, so yeah, the fast guys are doing a great job with that. Um, and then they're they're also they're also in the process of cutting in some new single track on the college grounds as well. Um, so they have some ongoing projects there. So exciting, dude! This whole conversation is crazy. Blows my mind. Yeah, I think I think we're I think we're, <laughs> th- we're going to see a lot of momentum. And, and then I I have some there there are some other there are some other exciting long distance projects, but they're not they're not ripe enough to to be ready to discuss without getting folks excited and then frustrated when they don't happen. But, uh, yeah, no, I, there's, there, there's nothing but potential here. I think that, you know, Farmington is really on the cusp of, of becoming the destination that we want to be. And I think that, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be a self-reinforcing cycle where the community is going to get more involved and more stoked and then more stuff will happen and the community will continue to get more involved.
2: That was my kind of my last question I was going to ask you was like, what, what are your initial thoughts overall of like Farmington, do you kind of bring in Bloomfield? Do you kind of bring in Aztec or are you just, just Farmington or like, and if so, like what are your initial, when you step back and look at the whole area, like, how do you feel about it? Like how, how does it speak to you? I guess, like, are you excited about it? Does it excite you? Do you see this blank canvas that you could work with the terrain? I guess in general, like, is it, is it feel unique to you? The amount of BLM, all that stuff. Like how does it how does it hit you compared to other places?
1: That's like four hundred questions. Sorry, yeah. It's just, <laughs> it Sounds like me, a stream man. of consciousness question <laughs> <laughs> question. Yeah. Yeah. So, so which again. yes, no, be five and stoked. Yeah, I mean <laughs> yeah, like no, I, I, I think I think I can answer could that. Could
2: it all be connected? Like ASTIC to Bloomfield and, and Bloomfield to farming like is there I mean, do you see that kind of a possibility? And I don't know, just like our area, I feel like it's amazing. I've lived here forever, and I'm just like, I just can't wait for people to get out and experience it. Yeah, Cause I, I ride my Fuller around like between Bluefield and Nastic. Mm-hmm, yeah, and that's just something people don't know about. And no, and and and, cool. I th- and
1: I think that you know that that's one of the advantages of, of you know being being a motorized user is you mm-hmm. can cover those distances. Yeah, I mean, that, you know that's why I love having my dual sport bike because I can you know I can go out and do a hundred miles of dirt road in a couple hours and just you know like I love mountain biking, but yeah. You yeah. Know, you know, if you go for a hike, you're going to cover four, five, six, eight miles. You go for a mountain bike ride, maybe you're covering. 10, 20, 30 miles, you know, then, then you throw a, a you know, a gas motor in, and all of a sudden you're you're yeah. under, but you know, and every one of those things provides a different user experience. Have you I jumped w- on
2: your dual sport and, like, got on something? You're like, oh, this is sick. Oh, this is, you cool. know, it's just I've, getting better. I've, I've, <laughs> I'm not a good
1: enough rider to, to yeah, to, typically my experiences on anything other than dirt roads are crap, 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 crap. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I rode the back half of the uh, Road Apple Rally course on yeah. the moto, and that was, I very quickly realized how far in over my head I was, kind of went, you, went into Survivaled.
2: Around Astic and Bloomfield, mm-hmm.
1: yeah, a bit, a bit. Okay. Um, but yeah, so, so, so to go back to your question, yeah. you know, I think that yes, there are distinctions between kind of our Tri-Cities area, and I think that to the degree that we can all collaborate, it will do nothing but benefit all of us. Um, you know, I I see my you know while I am while I'm an employee of the city of Farmington, and my first priority is things that directly impact the city of Farmington. I think that. Out direct development in you know, farming in Bloomfield, Aztec, Kirtland, you know, any of these areas, it does nothing but benefit all of us because we, we, we are really the hub. You know, we're the place where all those people go shopping. We're the mm-hmm. place where we have the hotels, et cetera. And so all of that, all of that, not even indirectly, but directly benefits us. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I think that we, you know, we as a region need to collaborate um, you know, and focus on that connectivity. You know, you're talking about, you know, have again, having that route information. So, you know, you roll into town, you jump on your quad or your dual sport bike or your Tacoma or whatever, and you drive out to Aztec on dirt roads and you swing around through, through Bloomfield. There's a lot of that potential. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. So I think that regional focus is really, really important. Um, I know one project that is actively being worked on that I'm really excited about is a rail trail connecting Farmington to Aztec. Um, And so there's, there's, there's the North trail extension, which is, which is an extension of, of the Farmington riverside trails. But then from there, there's an old railroad easement that goes all the way to Aztec. Um, and there's, you know, there's going to be some easements needed and some land acquisition issues. So it's not going to happen tomorrow, but you know, that's the kind of regional stuff that again will continue to put us on the map. So, you know, somebody can ride their bike or their e-bike or whatever it is from one town to the other. And you get that regional connectivity there. Um, You know, and so I think in in answer to your biggest question, we've got nothing but potential here. We really do have amazing terrain and a huge diversity of terrain. Um, I think that we need to... We need to continue to develop our sense of place as a community. You know, I think that we're we're still very much a community that's in the process of becoming, and you know, as as we as we diversify from just being just being known as and just seeing ourselves as an oil oil and gas town. You know, mm-hmm. I think that we we as a larger community still have to figure out who we are and become that. Um, but on my end, I kind of go back and forth between being incredibly stoked and incredibly overwhelmed by all the opportunities, but it's not, you know, it's not overwhelmed by barriers. It's like, there are just too many cool things to work on at the same time. Yeah. Um,
0: that's a good problem to have.
1: It is, it is. Yeah. Yeah. No. And I, I tend to try to do all of the things at the same time. So <laughs> for me, it's like, Nope, just do one thing. Yeah. Um, you. Does, does is, that answer your, yeah, yeah. your that's question? Great, that's
2: great, man. Um, is there any outreach from the municipalities to reach like the oil and gas companies? For donations, because I, I've worked in the oil and gas for for quite quite a long time, and you know they'll give millions of dollars to, you know, Red Cross or something like that. Mm-hmm. Like, is there, is there anyone at the cities or San Juan County that's kind of like reaching out to the gas companies saying like, hey, how would you like to sponsor a pump track or how would you like? To, is there any? Is there any, is that conversation going on anywhere? Because, you know, maybe a gas company would be like, yeah, we got a power plant in your backyard, might as well. Build a park. I don't know. Uh, I, I, don't I know, know that correctly.
1: historically, the oil and gas companies have invested in a lot of community projects. Um, that's that's not a road that I've personally gone down yet. Um, hmm. You know, there are there are folks within each governmental body who who manage those relationships. Nice. And I mean, the biggest thing, the the best example I can think of is I go to the, the Westland Dog Park all the time, and there's a sign on the gate of the yeah. Westland Dog Park that says this. You know, this yeah. was built through a generous generous contribution from oil and gas company a yeah um so you know they, they they definitely they definitely invest um you know and i think that there's a i mean just across the board there's a Yet again, it's you know creating those opportunities for partners to invest, and yeah. you know some fol- some folks can invest time, some folks can invest money. You know, small businesses can invest in different ways than big businesses. You know, like yeah. I'm not going to approach you as a bike shop owner and be like, "Hey, can we get a hundred thousand dollars?" <laughs> um, you know, but but I might say, "Hey, can you donate some product for for yeah. the Road Apple Rally?" Because exactly, I know that yeah. that's what you guys have the capacity for. Yep. Whereas. You know, some yeah, some of the bigger rolling gas companies. Yeah, they, they they those are the folks who can can write large checks. Yeah, um, be like a title yeah. sponsor or something like that. Exactly, exactly, yep. and it and it's important to always frame it as opportunities to support and invest in the community as opposed to asking for a handout.
0: Well, and I've even seen it in in the simplest way of um, when they were doing some stuff at San Juan College Bike Park. Um, one of the companies supplied a water truck. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like I- instead of everybody bringing buckets from home or something like that, it's just like hey you know water truck it'd be easy to spray it down and you know that's their you know contribution mm-hmm. but it still counts you know what i mean like, oh in,
1: in, in kind is huge yeah. yeah and that you know the trick is like you know what you know what is reasonable ask and you know how, how do we create opportunities for all the kinds of supports so yeah. people can invest yeah i got one more last pretty silly question sure how do you <laughs> how do you feel
2: about a ufo crashing here
1: you mean, am I hoping one's going to crash, or do, I, <laughs> or do I think one did crash? Do you think one did? Uh, I, I guess what I would say is I think that the details on that sign are oddly specific for people who weren't there. And if, what did they say, it was like 20 feet by 100 feet? If something that big crashed into the ground from space, there would be a big, big crater. Do you
2: feel like it's a bit underpromoted?
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I think you should totally start off with your billboard project. Um, yeah, you, you should start a UFO tourism company. For I get sure. so frustrated. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. And, and if that's the windmill you want to <laughs> tilt at my friend, go at it. Uh, well, on,
0: on that note, uh, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, Evan and yeah, thank you for all the exciting things that you have, um, planned and, um, yeah. And f- we get to see it unfold and be a part of it. That's just exciting. And so, yeah, we're just really glad you're here. Glad you're, um a part of the community now so yeah thank you so much for joining us as,
2: as we get uh, closer to the road apple we'd love to have you back on yeah 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 to like,
0: for sure give updates yeah, yeah let's do, we'll do a yep. road apple update when it gets, gets closer
1: yeah please and, and if uh if anyone out there in, in the community wants to get updates about volunteer opportunities events the road apple etc um the best best thing you can do is jump on social media and look up ori outdoor recreation industry initiative on um facebook and instagram and also if you have not done so already you should go on to the city of farmington website on the ori website and look up the outdoor pledge because we have a pledge that folks can sign basically committing to participate in responsible outdoor use so number one you get a sticker that says you sign the pledge you get educated on responsible use and then also that plugs your email into our email list where you also get notifications about stuff
0: awesome thanks thank That's you guys cool. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Sandstone Cycles podcast. Remember, if you have any questions or any topics you want us to discuss, you can email those to sandstonecycles at gmail.com. And if you want to keep up with what's happening in the Farmington Outdoor Recreation Initiative, you can follow them on social media. That's Farmington, O-R-I-I. Ready to send it?